One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action like we used to but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their third year as official car partner of the GEA, Renault is offering a range of special offers exclusive to all GEA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie forward slash GEA to find out more. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Hey, no right. Hey, no right. Going to tip the scale. Hello everyone. You're very welcome to the Renault Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Ushin McConville, and by Ushin's former teammate at Cross Midland and Armagh, Tony McEntee, uh, who is the current manager of Sligo. We were meant to have two semi-finals this weekend, but there's only one, and it promises to be a classic, Dublin v Mayo. We will be looking at the matchups, at how the teams will seek to exploit each other's weaknesses or perceived weaknesses, and at whether Mayo footballers have a mental block about Dublin. But before we talk about the Dublin Mayo match, we need to talk about the postponement by a week of the Tyrone v Kerry semi-final for COVID reasons. There's talk of more than a dozen players and possibly considerably more than a dozen having tested positively for COVID. Tyrone couldn't train last Thursday. They appear to have had only a few players training last Sunday and it will be this weekend before a lot of their players can train again and into next week for others. Should Tyrone be postponement? Uh, first of all, Paul, I'm just thinking if we had one more cross man, uh, we just have taken the we just have taken the thing over completely. Uh, maybe we could get John Mack or, or Joe Cairn or somebody into your into your slot maybe for next week, and then we'll have completely taken over. Um, but it's 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 a, look at it, it's a it's a not an ideal situation for for Tyrone. It's not an ideal situation for Kerry. Uh, I was surprised at the fact that um, that. Everything moved as quickly as it did, or it felt as if it moved as quickly as it did. Obviously, there was negotiations going on in the background. Um, a week is probably neither here nor there for uh, what Tyrone need at this stage. Um, I know they're looking for two weeks, but like <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's already a tight enough schedule. I mean, we didn't have extra room in the calendar for backdoor games, which I think would have been essential this year. And all of a sudden, we're thinking about putting the, the All-Ireland final back a couple of weeks. Um, I understand nobody wants to um, nobody wants a walkover. Nobody wants a team conceding uh, an All-Ireland semi-final, uh, especially when we had the lineup that we had, which I felt was, was as good as we've had in some time. Um, should they, in answer to your question, should they have got uh, a week's grace I think there should be more more um, thought put into it. In that, I don't think a week is is any use to them. It's, it seems as if it's neither here nor there. I was reading what Brian Doer had to say, like that even two weeks uh, might not work for them either. So, uh, look at it. I imagine that G are going to try and facilitate them in whatever way they can to get that this game going. Um, but again, there's other teams involved now, like Dublin. Dublin in particular, if Dublin were to come through their semi-final, I mean, they've no momentum built up now at all. This was a chance to get uh, to get to get going and play. Obviously, what is going to be a very tough game against Mayo, and then two weeks later, 
uh, an All-Ireland final, whereas now it looks as if it's pushed back to three. That even could become four. Uh, so it affects so many people. And I just wonder what's the difference between... Uh, well, I know what the difference is. Throwing one of the big teams, it's an All-Ireland semi-final. But if you look at the situation we had last year um, with Sligo and I think and Leitrim, uh, both uh, forfeiting games, I just wonder what you know what the difference what the difference is you know one year on that we we're trying to push things back because as you can see, you know it's already cause it's already going to cause major issues um as far as you know uh, club football and all that sort of thing is concerned so uh, should they have in keep coming back to that qu- that question should they have got it um i think i think it's 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 right that they are, are trying to be facilitated but like i mean if we start running into two weeks and it, and it, it might still not make any difference by all accounts i mean this has had a serious ramifications not just for the fact that the game has been called off but for the health of some of these uh these guys you know so i suppose that's that's the big question but um i'm still i'm still wavering i suppose yeah i suppose that there was the opportunity to facilitate them but i think we should have put more thought into it in that uh, a week wasn't going to make it any difference by the looks of things uh, either way. Tony, I know it happened before your management, but last year Sligo got no leeway in the Connacht Championship. Do you detect double standards at play here? Um, uh, Paul, I suppose, listen, from the outside, from the outside it looked, Paul, that Sligo was a small county, you know, nobody really uh, mattered whether Sligo were playing or not in, 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 in last year's game against Galway. And now we have suddenly a big game, all Ireland semi-final, and the, the, the thing seems to be different. I, I'm not quite so sure if that narrative is actually true. Um, last year, if, if we think about it, um, there was a lot of confusion, I suppose, and a lot of uncertainty when it comes to the GA and how they're going to deal with COVID and what the circumstances were at that stage. Um, it's also possibly the case last year that the COVID scenario with Slego, um, I'm not quite so clear that Slego asked for a postponement for that game. Um, it, it may have been the case that there was such a noise about it and the GA weren't going to offer any postponement that, that it they never actually requested that. They never actually requested that proponent in the first place. So, so um, if if that is actually true, well, then maybe the GA isn't so much at fault behind this altogether. Um, and if there was a postponement last year, it would have been only for a couple of days or a week at max. And back to the point that Oshin made, is would it have made any difference anyhow uh, postponing the game like that uh, for a week? Um, so you would have players available, of course, but the amount of work you'd have done would be limited. And maybe we can come back to that point. And there's another situation in Sligo this year, of course, with the under-20s this year, in that um, the under-20s played was common in the in the Connacht semi-final. Um, again, with a whole lot of players who had COVID, uh, some of which missed the game, and most of them um, who, who played the game. Now, I was actually at that game, and uh, we were looking forward to looking at some of those under-20 players who had shown great promise. Uh, and we played them in a challenge match, actually, earlier um, in the year. And some of them like really good and really dynamic. But when it came to the game against Roscommon, that Connacht semi-final, those players who had COVID and had recovered from COVID and they were actually playing were only a shadow of themselves. And it's quite a few of them, like you know, including their centre back and some of their star forwards, like you know. And therefore, they never really had that chance at all against Roscommon. And I think therein lays the problem that thrown face next week is that. This game will go ahead regardless. I, I don't think this will be deferred for another week. Uh, the game will go ahead. But they'll have no training done. And the physical or mental impact that COVID has had on those players will be present on the day. And, and you'll not know it until until you know, that ball's thrown in and you're, you're trying to make those runs and you're trying to make things happen and it's simply not happening. And I think that that's going to be the problem now for, for Throne going forward. Uh, and, and if I recall back to my, my uh, spell that I had with May was part of the setup on Stephen Rashford, there's a huge amount of um, everything going on at the minute um, in preparation for all Ireland semi-finals. Not just the tickets and the drama and everything else. The least they need is this distraction here, because there's so much going on. There's so much energy being put in by the management team to everything, and not just what goes on in the playing field, but particularly in this case, what goes on in the playing field. And and in the absence of that happening in any meaningful way and it has to happen in person because you have to be walking through these things either on the field or through um, um close dialogue and presentations or whatever they're going to have in the absence of that happening this throne team is simply not going to be prepared 
in any shape or format like and, and while while us ulster counties like to have something to fight for and and, and to um uh, to bury our heads in and have a chip on our shoulders they'll certainly have all that when it comes to COVID. but the reality is they simply cannot be prepared as well as they want to be like and that's that's a huge problem Oshin, are you walking back on your prediction that Tyrone will be Kerry? Do you agree? Yeah. yeah. If you're giving me the opportunity to do that, Paul, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think when Tony talks about the chip on the shoulder, I think Tyrone used that the last day. I think they, were, they looked like a team that was very, very focused on uh, on Monaghan. They probably look at realistically no Monaghan inside out. Monaghan have really changed that much in the way they in the way they play over the last uh, number of years. And I think when they come into that Monaghan game, they sort of the, most of the homework would have been done uh, prior to the week of the game. I think losing the tr- the three lads, yes, it was a blow, but uh, it gave them sort of like a cause. And I think they might have played that card already. Um, and I think then. What you're into then is is trying to prepare for a team that takes a lot of preparation. I think you know one the re, one of the reasons why I sort of give Tyrone a bit of a chance was or a big chance was um, was just the matchups and the fact that they have a couple of lads at the back who are dogs and are willing to uh, to sacrifice their game and and. Uh, and try and take somebody in the opposition out of it. Like I'm thinking, McNamee, Hampsey, and McCarron in particular. Like I'm yeah. thinking, McCarron and probably well fit for Paddy Clifford. You know, McNamee probably and David Clifford and and uh, Hampsey on on Sean, on Sean O'Shea. Like if you blunt them three, you've gone a long way to to definitely being competitive against against Kerry. They weren't able to do that down there. And the other thing they didn't have then there was they didn't have a tag man. You wouldn't believe how much ball they kicked into the full forward lane in, in, in Killarney and got really very little out of it. Darren McCurry more or less played up there on his own. And uh, Manny Donnelly definitely come into it in the last couple of weeks. His form has definitely improved. Um, and they used that long ball against Mona and it didn't uh, always work, but they did get a couple of... A couple of goal chances off it so it gave them the opportunity to be even more direct and i think when i looked at that game in killarney that they there's a there's a lot of things that they could solve pretty quickly and and and, and to be fair i have done that like the reaction of just sticking frank Bournes in to play out and out sweeper against uh against donegal walked I didn't see that. I didn't. I didn't see that. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought that that was in the remit as far as Tyrone were concerned. I would have thought they will get more players back and and uh, and defend more in numbers. But they trusted Frank Burns and and he also was the springboard of a lot of their attacks. So look at. I just thought that in that way they would have been well matched up against them. And then they have McCurry and, and Donnelly and Mark Bradley did well when he came in the last day. Derek Canavan's back. Uh, looks. Fit, fairly fit for maybe 35 minutes so uh, they definitely had a lot going for them but this changes the dynamic completely so I'll I'll go with Kerry if that's all right with you Paul that's that's right and we'll come back to this if this we'll come back again next week and I'm sure you'll be changing your mind at half time on Mayo <laughs> um, Tony do you think if we turn to this Sunday do you think Mayo would beat Dublin on, oh, sorry this Saturday do you think Dublin would beat Mayo Dublin beat Mayo. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, no, actually, I'd be, I'd be very, um, I'd be very um, optimistic here that, that Mayo can beat this Dublin team, and uh, and for a number of reasons, Paul. Um, but this Mayo team have um, so much athleticism. Like you don't appreciate this, Paul, until you're actually playing against this Mayo team. Um, the, the ability of the ability of uh, like the defense for example like if you look at you know uh lee keegan still has that running power uh michael plunkett uh, has a uh, good running power like he's well improved oshin mullen oshin mullen is a fantastic athlete so he is you know oh mclaughlin like a former um international junior cyclist like you know his engine is just unbelievable like you know uh then you come to paddy keegan or paddy um paddy dawkin as, as the case is you know um so matt Ruan in midfield like so you've all these People here coming from defence, coming forward from the defence, uh, and offering um, offering huge running power, and not just huge running power, but actually good football ability. 
um, and, 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 and finishing power. And I, I think I think therein lays the the uh, quandary here for Dublin. Like Dublin would love to get a good start and get a head head of steam and get going, you know, but. If the, this Mayo team actually grow into the game, they actually get stronger as the game goes on because their athleticism and running power gets better as the game goes on. Um, and, and providing providing this game is kept, you know, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, even to the half hour where Mayo is within points or or leading Dublin, as the case might be at halftime, then Mayo is actually in a seriously strong position here. Like they have huge confidence, they have very little of any negativity that might have been there from losing all Ireland because most of them young fellas coming through. A huge positive, like Matt Duran, the oldest of those younger players, I'm after mentioning. Huge positivity and huge ability on the back of under 21 success and minor success throughout their teams. So um, the other thing about them is is that that game that they now play is actually different to the team that was there before with with Andy Moran and Aidan O'Shea and 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 th- those old, older players from beforehand. And um, they're they're a much changed team. Like I mean, they're 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 uh, isn't it? It's two thirds of the players are gone. From the 2017 vintage, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two two thirds have gone, but 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 they replaced they replaced by just different dynamics and different types of players. And I I, th- I think they're going to offer uh, Dublin that's certainly a, a much different challenge. Now the problem the, the problem they still have, of course, is well, who marks Con, for example, and who marks Kilkenny, you know. But while that is a problem for other people, Oshin Mullen guys, Oshin Mullen is well fit to mark any of those people. You know, Keegan is still well fit to mark Kilkenny. Like, did Kenny, did Kilkenny ever get the better of, of Lee Keegan in a big championship match in, in days gone by? He certainly hasn't, you know. Um, so, 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 I actually see huge potential in, in this Mayo team. I see huge positivity about them. Um, I see um, improvements in some of their key players, and particularly um, Aiden. Um, Paddy Dawkins. Paddy Dawkins has gone from a super halfback to probably the best halfback in the country, uh, and leads his team. He scores three points per game um, in any of the games that 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 he's he's doing well. At least three points per game, you know. Um, I, I think Aidan O'Shea is a player who has stood up this year uh, when people were asking questions of him, and I think he will continue to stand up now against Dublin. Like you know, and if we if we do look at this Dublin team, like there is questions marks in the Dublin team, but most of them I think are still in defence. You know, there's a lot of Gaps in that Dublin defence, um, and and I don't see them being being filled by better players, you know. But it, it's all very well saying they all have the running power and the athleticism, but they have to mind the ball if they're going to beat Dublin. So, will there is their skill level at a high enough at a high enough pitch when it comes down to the crunch against Dublin, or will they concede those turnovers that have destroyed them in the past? Um. Yes. No. Uh, Paul, I suppose you're coming to, a, to an, an interesting point in, in intercounty football at the minute, which is the number of turnovers seems to kill teams rather than than uh, scoring chances missed or otherwise. Like, um, so um, do they have the ability to retain the ball and play the game? I I would be more in favour of teams that show more um, teams that show more adventure. And I think this Mayo team can show more adventure. They are a good passing team and they're a good running team. And I, I wouldn't like to think that a team that has that ability to do that would suddenly would suddenly be controlled by numbers. Um, so so it, it's a risk-benefit re- reward here um, we're looking at. And I think the Mayo team needs to go on the risk piece that they're playing at the minute. I think it's okay to lose a certain amount of possessions. I think it's okay to chance stuff because otherwise you become so stale and rigid in, in, in how you play and I don't think stale and rigid is what suits this current Mayo team. Uh, I think the dynamic piece is something that they need to build on and need to thrive and need need to go forward and hang the hat on. Um, they will lose balls, but I think if they can if they can if they can keep that to say ten or twelve possessions, which they which they uh, or dispossessions or turnovers that they have, I think if they keep it to ten or twelve, or maybe even as many as fourteen um, turnovers in the game, I think I think it's well within within the, within their uh, control after that, you know. Uh, we know from we know from from this Dublin team that they want to work the ball into a very close scoring range, or at least that's that's what they're trying to do. That takes time, um, and 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 it, in a in a team that's been very patient and takes time to do that, you run two three minutes on the clock sometimes in order to get those scores that you want that or into those positions that you want to build up the scores, and therefore they're not likely to get, you know, twenty five twenty six. 30 maybe scoring chances they're not likely to get those 30 scoring chances and that they need to rack up 18 or 20 points and i think unless dublin get 18 points in this game they're not going to beat mayo 
and I still think that Mayo can generate 30 scoring chances in any game um, and generate those 18 points to win this match. You were in the dressing room for Mayo as a coach under Stephen Rochford on big days. Do Mayo have a mental block on the uh, No, no. And, and in all honesty, <laughs> Paul, I don't understand how that question can actually be put not not to me but to Mayo. I don't understand that question but to Mayo. Because you know, if they had a mental block how do you react when people accuse Mayo of choking against Dublin when it comes to all Ireland finals after the finals? honestly I think I think it's a cheap I think it's a cheap thing, uh, Paul. I think it's an easy accusation just to throw out, you know. Um goals that are errors that happen or chances that are missed in free kicks are just these things just happened, you know. If Mayo was a team that choked in the finals, they wouldn't be running the likes of that good Dublin team over this past number of years to a point and draws and replays and so on and so forth. Like you know, like I think it's an un- I honestly think it's an unfounded accusation that actually that actually does not play into the narrative that has happened over this past number of years. You know, I think Mayo was certainly the team that has not choked. You know, that accusation could could be levelled up until this year at Mead. It could be levelled at Kildare and Leinster. It could be levelled at any number of teams who who have the ability but simply didn't perform against Dublin days. You know, but Mayo and Mayo fortunately have performed. Yes, mistakes have happened, and yes, there's been errors and any number of things that that you might throw at them. But choking is certainly not something, and, and I, you know, it probably hurts me a wee bit more because I was involved in that Mayo team and I have a I have a connection to that Mayo team. You know, but even now when I'm not involved and when I have no connection to them. I look at them and I say, how can you possibly throw an acquisition against this team such as that, you know? Yeah, I, to, to, I Tony, agree. just... Uh, o- uh, Killian O'Connor, what, what have Mayo lost when they lost Killian O'Connor apart from... Because everybody's go-to is he's a free-taker, but tell us what else he is. Ashen, uh, again, this is this is another um, slight bugbear of mine. Killian O'Connor as, a, as an inside forward, Ashen, is so much more than a score-taker. A score uh, and what he is is this. His work rate in tackling and the aggression he shows and the leadership he shows to that forward line is beyond comparison in any of the county teams that's there at the minute. Um, if you watch him in games, if you watch him, say, from kickouts, the amount of movement he does, the coordination he has with the players around him, um, once that ball is delivered out, the pressure he, play, he plays on players and the tackling he does on it. Um, and and this, is run, this is rubbing off now, for example, and other players coming through, like Ryan O'Donoghue, as an example, is, is currently the highest tackler in the forward line for Mayo. So if we look at the games, and we, if we look back to, say, the Sligo game that, that we played in this year, the most tackles that was put in in that game was by Ryan O'Donoghue, an inside forward, you know, and that was the case in, in some of the games beforehand. So, so he has set a legacy there at the minute where work rate is the basic standard of what those forwards uh, need to show. But the other thing, the other thing that he allows then is that he allows a bit more play to happen with Aiden. So, does Aiden play inside? Does he play midfield? What does he do? When Killians is an inside forward line, Aiden has the luxury then of staying out the field and doing that role out the field, and he can come in when he's tired or when when he wants to add something different to a forward line. But with Killian, with Killian gone, they, they really in a lot of ways need Aiden's leadership now more up towards the forward line and that sort of takes away in a lot of situations from um from when Aiden offers so much out the field uh, and again on Aiden if I can say the same thing Aiden replicates so much that, Aiden, that Killian does like that walk right around the middle field the ability to tackle in like in close contact Aiden O'Shea is definitely the best tackler in close contact in Gaelic games at the minute like if he gets in his hands in round you that ball's been ripped out of you fact against against everybody you know so Killian is a huge loss here, and yes, it's the freeze, Oshin, but but you know they have other free takers there, Mikhail or Brian Walsh or it definitely it definitely or, or it definitely hasn't it definitely hasn't affected them free kick wise so far. Like you know, what I mean, just obviously those kicks get more important as as time is on. But I, I, the one thing that I, that I w- would say just in relation to the Aidan O'Shea thing, as much as he takes away. You know, it takes away whenever he goes in into the forward line. He gives so much. You know what I mean? Like the, I think he won three balls uh, the last day against three crucial balls just after half time in the full forward line, and it creates absolute panic in there. So, is is there like is it a luxury to have him in there, or or could he spend a wee bit more time in there? Aiden, or oh, just Aiden could spend more time in there for sure. Because and again, back to this Dublin defence. You know it. If Dublin line out again with say Philly, and Philly has been a fantastic football all over the years, you know, but like 
are we really looking at a situation today where Philly McMahon is still able to mark Aiden O'Shea and try and bully him in there along with Johnny Cooper or otherwise? Like, you know, um, and, and, and if this Dublin team is going to be properly tested, then you need to put pressure on, on that fullback line. And therefore, that's that's where Aiden comes in, uh, clearly Oshin in there, you know. Um, so is it luxury having him in there? It, it, it probably is a luxury having him in there, Oshin, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, you know, because when they come when they come to midfield, uh, Matthew Ryan is super. After that, they generally toss between Jim O'Connor, Connor Loftus, Aiden, whoever else, Jordan Flynn might come in midfield, you know. Did see when you when when you Mayo Connor Loftus never played in the middle of the field. Was he ever even thought of as a midfielder? Because I've always seen him as he well, he's always played in the forward lane as far as as far as I seen. He played under twenty one in the forward lane and he played any of the football he played with at senior level or come on for Rochford or you guys he seemed to come on the forward lane. How did he develop in the midfielder? Well, that was a chance that James Horn taken him. Like in fairness to James, he, he took a gamble, put him in midfield, and and it has worked for him. You know, Connor's been regularly adding point two, point three points a match. You know, against better teams, it might be one or two points a match. But he certainly offers something different there as an attacking midfielder going forward. You know, I I would say I would say though to be fair, Connor isn't a national midfielder. Rushing like from a Hayfield perspective or otherwise, he's not actually a national midfielder. Um, but but he certainly offers something different to to an, to, an, to an opposition. And at the minute, some teams are pulling the midfield back as the spare man, or the half forwards back as the spare man. And if that is the case, you're then bringing another forward onto a onto a defence. You know, in Connor Loftus this case, and Connor has good movement. But but I suppose the piece that might be lost when people look at Connor, it is his movement surely, but it's passing. He actually is a very good passer. I mean, he links up with the likes of Kevin McLaughlin and people like that. You know, you're adding you're adding people who have higher skill levels to provide better passes into an opposition, you know. In terms of next Sunday, what are the matchups that will 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 if you if you were in the Mayo backline, setting out the Mayo backline, who's picking up Khan, who's picking up Kieran Kilkenny, and who's picking up Dean Rock? So is that to me? Yeah. Uh, so, so Con will be picked up by Ashin Mullen, uh, for sure. Uh, Keegan will no doubt pick up uh, Kilkenny. Uh, he's done it every year. He's done it every year, and he's done a fantastic job at it, you know. And then, and then Dean Rock, you know, probably in the Hessian, you know, uh, if it is ending the cornerback. Like, Park Ahora will take. He'll take Con Costa, will he? Or he'll take uh, okay. yeah Costa in the corner. Probably, like you know. Um, O'Hara might end up taking Dean Rock because, in, in fairness to Hessian, he's, he's he may well have more pace um, than O'Hara to mark. Um, um, Costlow, Costlow, there, you know. But but the, the key thing, key thing will be shutting out Kilkenny. You know, and if, if we take it back, if we take it back now, Lee Keegan is obviously a wee bit older than Kilkenny now at this stage, and often people think that Lee isn't the same man as he was. But when you give Lee Keegan a job, like if you take it back to was it was a seventeen or whatever the case was when 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 we played. Um, Thing. Lee Keegan was or Kilkenny was after coming off on a level semi-final where he got I don't know some massive amount of touches was it 60 touches or something nuts yeah. any whatever it was you know and controlled the game completely in the final he might have got six or eight max touches like touches full stop passes full stop and that's what that's what Lee Keegan does fantastic like you know man so put him in the full back line on on Con. We've seen what happened. He got turned for two goals, was it, last year, the year before. Puts him on the pressure again. But put him out in Kilkenny, make a mark Kilkenny, spoil Kilkenny, forget about else, what else is going on in the game. Lee Higgins is brilliant at it, guys. Uh, at halftime in last year's all Ireland final, Kieran Kilkenny had not scored a point from play on Lee Keegan in the previous four outings. And then he, I think he scored, he scored a couple of points in sec- the second half of the all Ireland final last day. But that was the stat which just Blue yeah, when the game came. Yeah. But if you're Kieran Kilkenny and you've Lee Keegan coming out of it, you're going to walk, would you not just walk into the square, play him from the square? Like well, they, def- they definitely have to, they definitely, under Desi Farr, they definitely have changed that a little bit. Like, when Desi Farr first uh, came in and, and the, the key, we were talking about it, Paul, about what's the noticeable changes. And one of the noticeable changes was that Kilkenny had sort of changed his game from being that guy who links play and all that. To somebody who is at the edge of the square, same way as he plays for his club, uh, and he is the main. He is supposedly the main score getter at that at at that stage. So that's something that definitely they would consider, and I'm and I'm pretty sure will consider. 
But if somebody has your number, they tend to have your number, and that's yeah. that's it, you know. Well, does this mean Paddy Durkin will go with Niall Scully? Somebody has to go with Niall Scully, but, but that'll, that'll be, for me, that'll be uh, Owen McLaughlin. Uh, Owen McLaughlin will, will, uh, will track Niall Scully, and he will cause Niall Scully something to think about going back um, as yes. well at pace. So, um, so, so does Michael Plunkett lose out then for Sunday? Because if Paddy Durkin's going to, Paddy Durkin's going to have to play somewhere in the half-back line. So we, they probably won't be allowed to play seven. Uh, so if we have to pick six and Plunkett, Plunkett loses out, does, are you playing without a sweeper then? You're playing without a plus one at the back. You're going man-on-man on Dublin. And it's, it's try and press them as high up the field as possible. But but may may don't may don't play with a plus one anyhow. They have to have people coming back and doing stuff. They don't play with a plus one. Dublin. Never beaten Dublin in ten years. But that that, that is not that that is nothing to do with the plus one, Paul. In fairness, that's that's to do with scoring opportunities missed or scored. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not necessarily yeah. to do with the plus one. You know what I mean? Like we, we um and again again you're preaching you're preaching to somebody here who 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 is is well aware well aware of those circumstances. You know, but um they they will have Loftus holding from midfield. They will have. Uh, Matthew Ryan that'll be covering back from defence as well, you know. Um, Jeremy O'Connor will go on Brian Fenton, presumably. Jeremy O'Connor, probably. Jeremy O'Connor will, will probably probably go on Brian Fenton, like you know. And again, Jeremy's a roamer, isn't he? Like he's up and down and over and back and all the rest, you know. Um, so, so let's see. Um, if if it was me now, I would be putting Matthew Ryan onto uh, Brian Fenton, uh, and again, so to cause Fenton problems going the other way. You know, yeah. Maturan will make runs from 90 meters out, 90 meters out, and he'll run when the ball is like so far away from you that you don't even know where where he is altogether. He'll come from 40, 50, 60 yards behind play to get ahead of that ball. You know, and um, you, I, I think, I think if it was me, you'd be looking to tear out Brian Fenton. Like the last thing you want is to fit Brian Fenton with the last 15 minutes of the game and hitting the metal pot. Brian Fenton and James McCarthy coming at you. So the more times you can get them tracking you up the field, the better it's going to be for the last 15 minutes. Like you know, so when you were in the Mayo dressing room, if there was one Dublin player who you could have taken into your dressing room, who would you have taken? Uh, James McCarthy, I would say. I think he's yeah. been the best Dublin player in the past in this generation. Um, I think he's the best Dublin player. You said the right thing. Paul loves him, Tony. Paul loves, loves, all the Dub- <laughs> loves all the Dublin lads. We love every swine at home. No, that, that's not true. We've we've had this before, Oshin. We've had this before. No, leave it, leave it, leave it. Um, and in by if we look at Mayo, then in terms of in terms of matchups, who will Dublin go after? Um, who who will they put on Aidan O'Shea? Oshin. Who Dublin put on Aidan O'Shea? Possibly McCarthy. The way he. He's uh, the way he drifts from the middle of the field uh, into the full forward line. I think they'll want somebody with a bit of physicality and a bit of height. So probably McCarthy. Um, I think um, who picked up who picked up Tommy Conroy in the in All Ireland final last year. Um, Mick Fitz, wasn't it? Mick I think Ryan O'Donoghue is, is is a key is a key man for for Mayo now. Um, and you want Martin Willett on Martin and take him if he's fit. If he's fit, it's a no it's a no brainer. Similar in stature and uh, that that definitely could work. Uh, Cooper actually played as sweeper against uh, against Kildare for a lot of that game because obviously Kildare gave them the opportunity to do that. I like the fact that Mayo. Won't give them the opportunity to do that, and and uh, Johnny Cooper, who doesn't look a hundred percent fit to me, is gonna have to pick somebody up. And who's he gonna pick up in there? You know, with that, uh, who has maybe an extra little bit of pace. And if I was, if I was Mayo, I might be, I might be targeting that. So if we need, if they need to pull O'Donoghue out. And um, the half forward lane, they, they have the opportunity to do that. I think uh, Conroy is the one that probably has to stay inside. I think he's he's suited inside. I think he has to have he has to start the game better than he did last year. But he looks physically, he looks a lot, he looks a lot in a better place than he was last year. I thought they bullied him a wee bit last year in the All Ireland final. 
Um, so I think the other plus is I'm not really sure who, who Johnny Cooper's going to uh, pick up. I think Kevin McLaughlin came in the last day and looked as if he steadied the ship. He looked like he was um, somebody who had a little bit more time in the ball uh, and was executing the ball into the forward lane a lot better than what had happened in the first half. So I think he's he's key. The two McLaughlin's coming on at half time the last day give them will give them energy first and foremost, but also to Kevin for to give them a, a lot of know-how. Yeah, he's brilliant, Tony. Russian, isn't he? Yeah, top class. He was top class the last day when he came on. He may not have the full. He may not have the full game. Seventy in minutes. Yeah, yeah. Seventy minutes. That's that's the only issue there. And it's do you play him or do you hold him? Is the <laughs> is, is is the question there? But Tony, can I ask you? You mentioned Aidan O'Shea's strength in the tackle, and that's undeniable. And his his fast hands are are they're, they're incredible. Really, there are not too many people better in Gaelic games than him. But does he have an issue with, with running power? So has he not been exposed several times by Dublin round the middle, particularly late on in games where he hasn't been able to track? Uh, yes, Paul. Yes, Paul. But uh, doesn't everybody have a have a weakness of some description? You know, like Aiden, Aiden, Aiden can only do so much. You know, and and for that reason, that's why I don't think James McCarthy would be marking him because that's a matchup that you don't really want. Um, it's a matchup you don't really want. Like we had it at different stages toward, like particularly late on in games when Aiden gets tired. When James, like there was different stages there in all Ireland finals, when James moved on to Aiden, and then James is making these powerful runs going forward, you know, and that's just, that's just not a situation that's going to work out to you, you know. And you would have seen it the last day against Galway too, particularly in, was it the first half? There was, second, there was times in the first half where Mayo were struggling and Galway had the battle of them. And some of that was because running powered and they were, once they were beating Aiden, getting around Aiden, then it, it was a, an overlapping situation of some description. So, in all honesty, I can't see, I can't see, um, James and Aiden being a matchup certainly that, that may want in any case, you know. Um, I, I do think as well, um, and I agree with Oshin here in relation to Johnny Cooper. Like Johnny Cooper cannot be <laughs> left just to do his own thing, you know. When for years Keenan Sullivan got away with, you know, covering off at half back and and looking great, and he did look great in some of them games, but that's because he was left alone, uh, and and nobody marking him and him having control of the game and all that other stuff. You know, Johnny has been in that case this past certainly this past three or four years where he's had the freedom of the field to do whatever he wants, and it makes Johnny Cooper look good. Now, in my view, Johnny Cooper has been a fantastic servant um, to Gaelic Games, but in, in my view, Johnny Cooper is somebody who has been getting away with it now because he hasn't been put under pressure by having to man mark somebody. Uh, and therefore, Mayo do have to put somebody, not put somebody in Johnny, but make Johnny actually... Uh, mark somebody uh, and they can do that because they'll have Tommy as you I should say didn't say he'll probably be marked by Michael Simons Ryan is fantastic case as well Ryan O'Donnell who walks like a dog over and back that field and he has so much pace uh, and again um, we had a fella uh, marking him the last day and after the game um, the fella said he just couldn't get over the pace and the amount of walk rate that he, that he, put, that he put in the shift that he put in as an inside forward. This is against Slego now at the time, like you know. So it couldn't get over the amount of, amount of work that Rainer Donahue does. And and that's what's that's what's gonna put pressure on the whether it be Philly in there and Aiden or Philly in there and whoever whoever it happens to be, you know. Um that, I don't that, think that, that has to be something. I think David I think David Davy Byrne will definitely play in there. And I think he might pick up Aiden <coughs> when he goes up, when he goes inside. Uh yeah, yeah it, it, possibly Possibly, yeah. When you were preparing Sligo to beat Mayo or to play Mayo, did you think you had a real chance of winning? Paul, we believe we had a chance. All right. Now, you're asking a very loaded question here, Paul. Let's be honest with it, right? Mayo is a Division One outfit now and going really well, right? And we're going really well before Sligo played them, okay? Yeah. Sligo is a Division Four team who uh, we, we, we had a good league, actually. Uh, it wasn't the way we worked out because it was a short league, but we had, we, we had a good league. But we were going to now to play a team which was so powerful and so pacey and so dynamic, okay? And we had a chance, and the chance was this, Paul. The chance was that Mayo turn up to play against lesser teams in the way that they did in the past. Yeah. It's only a game. We're only going to show up and we play, we play this match as it goes, you know? And under those circumstances, and, I, and I, I've been in those, those change rooms with... Claire or Derry at the time, you know, where we just about get over the line. Sligo nearly beat Mayo in an FBD or something before, um, in maybe 15, 16, 17, one of them years. Um, and, and simply because Mayo just, it's only a game. 
will turn up, will turn out, and will we'll go home. Like, you know, Tipperary in our quarterfinal, you know. These are games that Mayo should have been winning easily, and yet there were competitive matches because of the level that Mayo play up, you know. And then suddenly you go to play Dublin or Kerry or whoever the case is, Donegal, Tyrone at the time, all of a sudden it's a different Mayo team that shows up. So we had a chance if Mayo didn't show up, in all honesty with you, and we did show up. It was a home venue for us, you know, we could have got a start, we could have got a bit of momentum going, you know. And and, and once once you're not playing up to that, that level that you normally do, it's very hard to get into it. Uh, that didn't transpire, obviously, because uh, Mayo showed up and the Blues out of the water from the start. But but yes, we, we believe we had a, we had a chance of making this game at least competitive, you know. Now, when I say we believed it, maybe some of us believed it, some of us didn't believe it, you know. Uh, and I think in, as the game transpired, uh, and we're not talking about Slego here, as the game transpired, maybe there was maybe more and more people in Slego maybe didn't believe it, you know, and that just made things more difficult. Because the reality in front of us unfolding them, yeah. in front of them where there was a gulf in class. Now, if yeah. you look, if you look at that gulf, that undeniable gulf, which is made real and the evidence of the scoreboard shows you the gulf that's there at the moment. Do you kind of look at that and kind of wonder, you know, have I made a mistake here? In context of what? Made a mistake in what? Context of, in the context of taking on that job in Sligo and thinking, this is the competition that I'm in and this is the gulf that I now have to bridge. I, no, because I am hoping that the GA will, will eventually um, see common sense here and have a two-tiered competition that allows teams to compete at the level which they're competing at. You know, Sligo is not going to compete with Mayo at, at, or, or any Division One teams, or probably any of the Division Two teams in the next uh, foreseeable couple of years. You know, it's just simply not going to happen, Paul. The golfing class is so much, and I'm talking about here in simple things, not just um, availability of the quality of players. The strength and conditioning, you know, we're years behind when it comes to strength and conditioning. And uh, the physical aspect of, of, of us as a team, you know, and our, and our own developmental piece as, as a unit itself. Like we're, Sligo in particular, are a very young team. We're coming at an average age of maybe 23 or something like that, you know. So we've quite a way to go to compete against teams which have an average age of 27 and 28 and are seasoned inter-county players of some description. So there's quite a gulf there. So, so, so do I see a role we're going to play against Sligo? No, or against me? No, not at all. And, and never, as far as I'm concerned right now, you know. But if the GA eventually sort sort out their ship here, we will have a competition whereby Division Three and Division Four teams can be competitive at a certain level, and you have the option then of the Talchin Cup. Um, um, in, in sorry, and that's in the league, and then the Talchin Cup in the Championship. Um, and the provincial series can be just written off. As far as I'm concerned, the provincial series is long dead. You know what I mean? It only only has an entry level into what's going to be a league and championship format uh, going forward. You know, so under those circumstances, yes, Sligo and all the teams at that level uh, can compete properly against each other. Okay, I, w- I want to just move here now to look at next this weekend. Conceivably, could mark. It's a ge- there's a genuine chance here that Mayo will win next Saturday, which marks. I suppose the end of an era, and it would be something very interesting if 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 that happened. Is this what you see happening? If you're called heart hand on heart to say that next Saturday will will Dublin's reign as All Ireland champions end next Saturday? Oshin, you can go first. I I don't think so. No, I just think there's uh, I I think when I watched Dublin against Kildare, it was I liked it because it was very unapologetic, if that makes any sense. There was something very stubborn about it. And, you know, I was talking about, you know, would they not try and mix the game up a wee bit? Would they not try and, you know, kick an oddball into the forward lane and see if they could make something happen? Tony talks about, you know, that play developing, which is which is great, you know, if you're Dublin and, and you know, it shows patience and it shows uh, how comfortable they are in the ball and all, but Look, it's very hard to watch sometimes, you know. And uh, but there was a stubbornness about it that they were going to play like that, and nobody was going to force them into into playing any other way. It wasn't a Mayo Dublin game. It wasn't helter skelter. It was very, very, very controlled, and Dublin controlled the majority of what was happening in that game. It was like, you know, to go back to that thing that I said a couple of weeks ago. It was like set piece football. Everything was sort of set up. And if you're a manager, you feel as if I'm very much in control of what's happening in this game. You know, which is, in, which is a nice place to be um, when you're standing on the line. I mean, like if I think back to Armand Monaghan, 
and I seen Banty one side of me and, and Geezer the other side. They had zero control over what was happening. <laughs> that game. Um, but uh, but Dublin looked very much in control. I think I think they'll improve a lot from from that Kildare game because Kildare did ask them a few questions, and uh, and when you think about Kildare, and I don't want to be too unkind, but like Flynn, it felt as if Flynn was almost carrying the fight to them up front on his own at times. Uh, Mayo offer a lot more uh, questions than that, but I think there's a real doggedness about Dublin this year that they just they they look very stubborn. They look like a team that, to me, uh, are sort of enjoying where they're at. That people are putting it up to them. That people are challenging the fact that um, that they're not in the same place as they were. And there's no doubt. It's, and it's okay to say it. They're not in the same place as, as they were. You just have to look at the bench. And you look at the people coming off the bench. And I'm not even talking because they're not household names. They just don't have the impact. And the stats back that up. You're not getting as much off the bench in the last probably 18 months as what they have done in the past. And for a lot of times, like, uh, I can't remember. Probably, probably going back to 16 where... Uh, maybe 14, 15, so I can't remember. Uh, but when when Kerry looked as if uh, they were a kick of the ball away from it, they brought it off the bench and they ended up getting BP eight points. Do you know what I mean? They don't have that from the bench anymore. Um, they have a bit of quality. There's no doubt about it. Like Basquale, he, he looks like a player. But, um, you know, 10 minutes off the bench will tell you how much they trust some of the lads that's coming off the bench. So I think that's... That's an issue. So for me, I still think Dublin will win. So, so, so I suppose Oshin answered. I think both sides of the question there, didn't he? Like he thinks Dublin will win, but he gave all the problems that Dublin have. You know, and if, if you think about them, if you think about all the problems that Dublin have, did that happen often in your dressing room? <laughs> I never opened my mouth in the dressing room, Paul. Need <laughs> that conversation for a minute. Funny, funny, funny. You have you're you're in a you're in a, you're. Uh, you, you have, uh, you're in a position where you have to call it about who's going to win next Saturday, and you're staking stuff on it. What are you saying? What are you saying? Well, well, let's look at Dublin now compared to Dublin two years ago. Okay, media-wise, they're not in control. All right, they had their keep- <clears throat> issues around the keeper. The uh, is he impacting them or not impacting them? You know, but they're all over the place when it comes to media. They're no contact with the media at the, at the minute. There's so many stories and that. And while that may not annoy them that much, it, it it's there. It's in somebody's head in the background. You know, there's people asking players. There's family members asking them. All other stuff is a nuisance. Okay, uh, the keeper, like you know, I mean. Is he impacting their style of play or not? You know, up until now, no, because everybody has given them the freedom of the field when it comes to kickouts. Okay, do we really think? Do we really think for one moment that Mayo is going to let them have the freedom of the park when it comes to kickouts, and they're not going to put him under pressure uh, for kickouts, or at least in parts of the game, or certain parts of the game? Of course they are. You know, and and in, in years gone by, Cluxton was under serious pressure when it comes to kickouts. Let alone what's going to happen now. So I think that's going to be an, an issue for them. The playing style, as Arshin said, is controlled. Okay, he might as well have said, he might as well have said, boring or inadventurous or any other thing whatsoever. Okay, control has been extremely nice to them at the minute, you know, uh, and that playing style is so controlled that it actually is is stifling them, as far as I'm concerned, and and it's going to cause them problems because they don't want to move outside of whatever they've been asked, whatever they've been asked to do. The bench, Oshin already mentioned, okay, it's not offering the impact that it has been in the past, okay? And this is leading, I would I would imagine, leading to issues with their confidence. Like, we, it's already well documented, and again, they may have just been through a spell here, that they've only beaten teams by single-digit scores or whatever it is uh, this year so far in the Leinster Championship, okay? This Dublin team is used to being brash and confident and arrogant in a good way. And they can't be this year because there's so many questions over them in so many different ways. And if, yes, of course, they can answer them against Mayo and they might blow Mayo out of the water and all that stuff, okay? But they're going into a game without that level of self-confidence that they would have had in the past, you know? Um, they no longer have as many of the star power people that they would have had in the past, right from Bernard Brogan through to now. Like, they have Khan, of course, and they have Kilkenny. After that, Coslow, 
there's a lot of questions in Costello. Does he perform in big days or does he not? He came on around and finally scored four points, but he blindsided a lot of people at that stage. You know, um, is he better? Is he not better than Dean Rock? Can the two of them play together on the same team? Can they afford to have the two of them on the same team or not? You know, um, is he as reliable as a free taker or is he not? You know, and, he, and he's just simply not. You know, he, he's much more erratic as a player than 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 um, than Dean Rock than, than Dean Rock is. You know, so I think there's certainly an awful lot more questions than they would have had in the past. Um, and while Mayo, in a lot of ways, has not been tested, like beating Sligo and beating Leitrim has not been a test for Mayo in any ways, but it has allowed them to build confidence. It has allowed those young players uh, to uh, establish themselves in some way into inter-county football. You know, uh, Galway, likewise, while in years gone by, struggled to beat Galway and didn't beat Galway in many years down in Connacht, um, this year they did beat Galway. And not only did they beat Galway, they completely blew Galway off the field in the second half of that game. Like Galway were a non-event in the second half of that game. And you might ask questions on Galway, surely, like, but we've got to give some credit to Mayo at some point here. So I'm quite happy to stand over and say that I think Mayo will actually beat uh, Dublin this weekend. Um, and they certainly have the best chance um, in the past you know, four years of, of beating this Dublin team and calling an end to this. Okay, I was just thinking something there. Do you think the Dublin people around the Dublin setup, the players, the management, feel? Do they do they feel that things are unraveling on them? Like you guys were part of the most successful club team in GAA history. When did you know your empire was 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 crumbling? Well, Oshin retired, Francie retired, John retired. <laughs> well, to- and the funny thing is, Tony retired before us all, and he. Was- <laughs> Um, is, is, does it, is this is this what it comes down to? The quality of footballer that's at your disposal. No, but Paul. I, th- I think to be fair, you know, when you looked at the cross team, we moved, we transitioned from a team that was big and strong and physical, uh, and played played a, a fairly direct type of football to a team that now become more mobile and athletic. You know, and, and the transition was there because the type of player changed, and there was still a high quality player at club level that managed that. You know. Um, but you stopped winning. We didn't. We, 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 Paul, we stopped winning after about 12 years or 15 years. Dublin have been going at inter-county level at a level that nobody has gone at before, just as you guys did. And you stopped winning. And they yes. will at some point stop winning. You right. must have known that this was happening. Paul, uh, listen. Uh, for me, for me, I don't know. You know it until until you reflect back on it. At, at some at some point, you reflect back. You will see stuff that you're trying to overcome and things like that. There, but I think I think when the year is over and you reflect back and you say, well, could we have done that differently? Could we have done it better? You know. Yeah. The reality is, Paul, I'm not quite sure they have the same caliber of player of people that has moved on. And what we talked with James McCarthy there briefly, just for a second, like James McCarthy. The reason I think James McCarthy is the most important player to them in, in years gone by is that when the chips are down, James McCarthy always stands up. Always. He always comes through in the run. He always does the hits. And he does it under the radar. He keeps his head down. He's no big profile for anything. Like, you know, he's hard. He's rough. He's rugged. He does basics very well in a lot of circumstances. But he runs his legs to the ground. You know, and that's James McCarthy. James McCarthy's not 26 anymore. You know, at what point in time is James not going to be able to keep this going? You know, um, will these other players be able to offer the same that James has? Is Fenton the same type of player as James McCarthy? Fenton's brilliant, no doubt about it. But will he be James McCarthy in five minutes left of the game when you want him to win that game? It's yet to be proven, yet to be seen. You know, so for me, for me, I think that's the piece here. Like teams transition and teams move on. You know, what I mean, but now there's an opportunity here with Dublin. It's not as strong as the were. They may well be in another year or two when some of them younger fellas, McMahon and people like that, come come through and Bulger and people like that come through and develop themselves properly as senior players. But right now, I think they're vulnerable. I think there's there's a time and and uh, when you're sort of <clears throat> when you are transitioning or new players are coming in, uh, people are leaving, that you do try and you're trying to hold on to it for as long as you can. Um, and you don't want to believe that it's that it's that it's crumbling, not crumbling, but it's it's not quite the way it was. Yeah. And you're just doing everything you can to try and get the last, whether that be a championship or a league or what, what one last win out of it. And eventually, it just catches up on you, and you, you find yourself sitting at home going, "How did that happen?" Whereas if you sit back and reflect a number of years later, you will see that the standards slipped slightly. 
that uh, thing. And like this is just this is completely this is me nitpicking completely. But I watched the Dublin warm up from start to finish the other the, on against Kildare. I didn't really think there was much shape or make to it in comparison to what I normally have seen. Because obviously, interest in warm ups to take ideas back to um, back to the club and stuff, but um, it just it just didn't feel one hundred percent right. Just didn't feel right. Now, is that going to stop them winning in All Ireland? On its own, no. But if there's other little pieces like Tony talked about the Cluxon situation, which is completely and we've talked about completely unacceptable. And completely on Dublin Lake, okay. So add just you add all those little layers in, and all of a sudden, then you have an issue. But I, I still think they might get one more out of it. There might be one more in them. I, I I think it's something else as well, though. I if you look at Mayo, I think the best footballers in Mayo are on the Mayo Mayo panel. If you look at Kerry, with the arguable exception of Peter Crowley, the best footballers in Kerry are on the Kerry panel. Yep. If you look at Dublin, I would say Stephen Cluxton is still the best goalkeeper in Dublin. I would say Paul Mannion is in his 20s. Zach yeah, McCaffrey is in his 20s. The best footballers in Dublin are not on the team. It's hard to win in All-Ireland without the best footballers in your county on the panel. I, w- I, 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 I would argue. At the same time, they still have to be beaten. And do you think, though, that those key players in the Dublin team, they must know that the supporting cast isn't what it was. They must know that the level isn't there. And does that not impact on performance at the end of the day? I don't think they're sitting back thinking that, though, those Dublin big players. I think what they're thinking is, I need to get him where he needs to be. How do I do that? Because when you're a player, you don't reflect on... You're not reflecting. You're stuck in the middle of it all. And when you're stuck in the middle of it all, you're not sitting back going, I don't know if he's just as good as as uh, as Jack McCaffrey. Or he can't make the... You want him to do that, so so you're you're trying to to get him to the to that level. Maybe not as a player, but definitely to the to the to the pitch of the game where he's doing similar things to uh, Jack McCaffrey or Paul Mannion or somebody who's doing that in that situation. And maybe that's why it's as manufactured at the minute. It looks as manufactured as what it is because there's a maybe there's a lot of coaching going on, not just from the coaching staff, but maybe from the players as well, that, you know, we're not going to take that rash shot. We're going to, you know, we're going to keep manipulating and walking it to the point where, you know, well bored out of our trees, but they still get a score out of it, you know? Tony, I have one last question for you. Regardless of who wins between Dublin and Mayo, do you think it's Kerry's All-Ireland? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think I don't think it's that straightforward at all, um, Paul. We, we we saw the collapse of Kerry last year against uh, Cork. Uh, we know they're erratic. Um, you know, I think I think if we can say this, um, we can say this without being without being too harsh. That this this Kerry team is not just untested, um, but unproven as well. You know, they have excellent individual footballers, but they're defensively all over the place. Um, they have. Uh, uh, playmakers and a reliance on on certain players, and particularly Sean O'Shea and and, and David and uh, well, I don't know if David, took, but particularly particularly Sean O'Shea, like, um, but but as a as a, uh, a as a coach and a management outfit, and again, this is very hard to be critical of a team that, that's so powerful as that. As a coach and a management outfit, we don't really know what Peter Keane will do when it comes to uh, how this team is going to be set up, how they're going to play, how they're going to approach any game, you know, and and when it's as erratic as that. Um, then you cannot put your chips on this Kerry team um, to win this All Ireland. You feel something similar, Oshin? Yeah, I've said it for a while now. Until they actually do it, yeah. <laughs> the judge—you know—you you can't judge. And look at—we uh, talked to the Gooch uh, a number of weeks ago as well, and he said exactly the same thing. He said, "Like they don't trust, like in Kerry, they don't trust them, and until they win All Ireland, they won't be trusted." And uh, and when you consider what happened last year, uh, I know I might be looking too much into it, but for 15 minutes against, certainly for 10 minutes against Cork, I mean, they, they literally were all over the place, you know. So, I mean, if Cork can, can do that to them, you know, you know, cut it to their own or, uh, 
uh, a Dublin or a Mayo, what could they do to him? Look, it's pressure. Do you know what I mean? They haven't had to perform right. under massive pressure. And true, until yeah. until they come through that, then uh, then they are just they're just there's just a massive question mark over them. Either way, it's a great match to look forward to on Saturday, and it makes um, kind of a wonderful curtain raiser to the big game of the weekend on Sunday between awfully under twenties and common under twenties. Uh, I can't pretend to be in any way neutral about this. And as Breen players said, when awfully were taken down Dublin in the Leinster final, to Asheri, Muncher, Ivali, Bio, Breaver. Basically, the insurrection, the resurrection of football is, is underway. Uh, I would like to wish the players and the management, friends of mine, uh, the very best of luck on uh, on Sunday. Um, we'll finish with that. Uh, thank you to Larry for running the podcast, to Raf Rocca for everything he's done for us today, to Tony Lean, to Reno, and everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen. A huge thanks to Oshin and especially to Tony McEntee uh, for joining us. We'll be back soon. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A grain, all right. A grain, all right. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 